Praise him. Wow. Thank you guys so much. I'm humbled this morning. And uh, honey, why don't you come back up real quick? Amen. Come on. Come on back up. Back up. Give, give her a mic, would you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, as you remain standing, if we, I'll stand to your feet today. I want to worship the Lord. Amen. Together. But we have one purpose, Barb and I. We have one purpose that is to help you grow into who you need to be so you can do what you need to do, what God's called you to do. And we know there's some very special people here today because it's their first time. And I, I hope you know it's not the Danny and Barbara show. Amen. But our their congregation loves us. We love our congregation. We're we're a big family that does life together. You know, we, we do life together. That's what we do. And if you're looking for a place like that, then you came to the right house this morning. Because the sons of this house that were up here, the daughters of this house up here, the leaders of the, the, the minister staff, um, they were just like you at one time. They came in just for the first day and um, their lives have been transformed and they're, they're tremendous leaders. And I get a lot of pats on the back, man. I get, we get a lot of accolades from a lot of people and I can only attribute it to the people that are around us, the leaders in the great church that we get to pastor. But Toby, Vince, Liana, Orlando, James, uh, uh, Akila and, and Gage, if you're here for the first time, somebody invited you, um, you got a flyer, somehow on social media, somehow, some way you got here, I sure hope that um, you would sense the, the, the family atmosphere and the community that we are, because we're communities where we are, and we're, and we're doing life together, and we want to do it with you as well, so I hope that you'll come back this Wednesday or this Sunday or get into one of our life groups. You can meet one of our, see, we've been talking about life groups and our life groups are more than, we don't do, we don't just do life in the roles here, but we like to do life in circles and those circles are life groups. So man, find one. I mean, there's a young adult one tonight. You can get to that one, but this Tuesday or this Friday, one of the days we have one, get in one and watch what happens. Watch you can make connections and make community and do life with each other. Amen. I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that gift. I don't know what it is yet, but it's a cool gift. So I'm excited to look, open it up after church. But I want to say thank you to all of you that contributed to that as well. I'd like to say thank you as well. Um, Pastor Pat said something really powerful and true that we fight for you. You know, we stand in the gap and we fight for you. And I just want you to know that you're worth fighting for. You're worth fighting for. And there's... There's times as pastors that we go through things, you know. But when we get on our knees amen, and we see the faces that God has brought into this place and the victories that you have in your life because of Jesus, because of Jesus, amen, and because you found a home with us. We love you. We appreciate you. And you are worth fighting for. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, one, one more thing is that um, I hope and pray that today you would realize how important you are. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you're appreciating us, but we just can turn it back on you guys, man. You guys are, you guys are, are just as important or more to us than, than, um, than you might realize. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we lift your hands on this? Pick? Can you lift them? Just, just close your eyes for a moment. Just let's worship God for a moment. Can we do that? Uh, we magnify you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I worship you, oh God. 
Come on and tell them my heart. My heart wants to complain. This love I have for you, Lord Jesus. In these simple words I pray. In these simple words I pray. Oh, everything is within me, Lord. Let it bless your name, Lord. Your holy name. I worship you, Lord. Everybody say, I worship you. That's all I love to say. Come on, can you say, I worship you, oh God. I worship you, oh God. To oh yes, this love I have for you. In these simple words I pray. In these simple words I pray. you want to do this morning. If that's all you long to say, I want you to shout out and say, I worship you, oh God. Come on, like a big choir say, I worship you, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Father. Oh, we serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. How many believe that we serve a God that is of impossibilities and that doesn't matter what you're going through, doesn't matter what's around your circumstances, that when you love God and you're called according to his purposes, everything's going to work out. It doesn't matter what it might look like. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You got to the last one. Don't you be troubled about this one that you're going through right now because the last time you went through something, God pulled you through. He got you all the way to the other side. Why are you tripping now? You know that God will bring you through. You just got to trust him this morning. Don't trust yourself. Trust God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Judges, the sixth chapter, as we release this amazing worship ministry. Amen. They worship God. 
They perform for an audience of one. Judges chapter 6. And I want to speak to you this morning. And I'm going to ask, listen, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to everybody to stand for the reading of God's word. Just for a few moments. Come on, everybody stand. Come on now. Don't tell me you didn't grow up in a church where they made you stand up and sit down and kneel and stand up and sit down. Come on, somebody. And you did it, man, because you were afraid. They're going to come and get you by the ear. You know what I'm talking about. We don't do that here, but you know. Judges chapter 6, and I'm just going to read a few verses and I'll let you be seated. Chapter 6, and we're going to start from reading from verse number 11. And it should be on the screen. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of these Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Lord, we love you, God. We thank you for the powerful verses we've just read, for your word, my God. Your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, your word transforms, it changes, it ministers to, it does what no man's words can do. Lord, I pray, God, that in these next few moments that I have to speak your word, that you would anoint me. I pray, God, that you remove any distractions from our minds or our midst, and that, Lord, that you would speak to your people, all of those in the sound of my voice here today. We love you. We thank you, God. We thank you for your word. I pray, let it be a lamp unto our feet. In Jesus' name, and everyone said together, amen. Turn to somebody and say, God made you for more, and you can be seated. Now, I want to go back to our text as you're seated here this morning. I want you to take a look at what's going on in this portion of Scripture. We see that there is a circumstance that Israel is in. And I mean, every time that Israel was in a circumstance such as the one we're reading about, it's always a result of their turning away from God, their worshiping false, false idols, or even possibly blatant sin. And, and I want you to know that every single time, now he asked a question to the angel of the Lord, if God is with us, then why are we going through all of this? If God is with us, then why in the world, where are all God's miracles and why is it that I have to be hiding where I'm at just to keep the little bit that I've got? You notice that the angel of the Lord doesn't say, well, because you're in trouble or because you got this happened to you. He, the angel of the Lord doesn't do that. He just declares what they were made for. Isn't that good about God that we can be going through so much and most of it's self-caused? 
You've been going through all these things. And then what happens is that when God comes to declare over you, when God comes to prophesy over you, when God comes to speak into your life, he doesn't come and remind you of all the mess you had. He doesn't come and remind you of everything that you did wrong. He just comes back and reminds you about the promise. He comes back to remind you about the declaration that he made over your life. He comes back to give you back on track, to get you back on track to where you were when you went astray. He just pulls you right back onto the path because that's the god we serve and he says here he comes just the angel of the lord comes and he begins to prophesy he begins to declare over gideon over the people and and and, and he gideon immediately comes and says wait a minute man there's no way this is who i can be because this is who i am and and i love what he says then the, then the lord turned to him and said Go in this might of yours. In other words, everything I've spoken to you belongs to you. Everything I've given you is yours. Everything that I've spoken over your life and the life of your family will come to pass. Now just go in this might of yours. And what is he saying? That you've got something inside of you. You were made for more than what you're doing right now. You're made for more than just threshing wheat at the wine press. Listen, you're made for more than thinking the way you think. You're made for so much more than that like verse 16 says and the lord said to him surely i'll be with you and you shall defeat the midianites as one man he he reiterates he actually he says one more time wait a minute i told you to go but let me let you know the lord is with you and you will defeat your enemies. You will defeat the enemies of sickness. You will defeat the enemies of poverty. You will defeat the enemies of abuse. You will defeat the enemies that have plagued your life all the days of your life. And everything you've been through that thinks that thinks it has you down, I'm going to elevate. Everything that keeps you under the foot, I'm going to pick up. Listen, you're going to put your foot on the neck of the devil instead of the devil having his foot on your neck. He says this, he says, then, then I love the way he responds, because immediately you see that he's responding, because he could have said, okay, okay, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm not sure if I can do it. He doesn't do that. He, on the contrary, he says, then he said, now if I have found favor, everybody say favor. You know what favor means? Favor means you get what God has because God's pleased with you. You know, th- in that moment, God poured his favor. He didn't have no favor. But in this moment, he gets favor because the Bible says here, he says, then he said to him, if I found favor in your sight, because he immediately he says, all of a sudden, Gideon begins to experience the favor of God. And how he does that is by, he said, the angel of the Lord says, go in this might of yours. In other words, you got the Holy Ghost now. You got something inside of you that's going to help you do what you got to do. But he didn't feel that. He didn't sense that just the day before, the week before, but now out of out of anywhere, he gets the favor of God. He has the he has a sense of confidence. He, his shoulders are up, his head's up now. He's not belted over at the at the wine press. There, he's picking his head up and saying, "Wait a minute! If I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you that talks with me. Don't depart from me here, since I I pray and until I come to you and bring out an offering. Somebody said, bring an offering and, and set it before you." And he said, I will wait until you come back. Ain't God good that he waits for us to come back sometimes? Some of you, you were waiting a little too long. Come on, somebody. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread, some almond tortillas, 
from an ephah of flour and the meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him underneath a terebinth tree and presented it to them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay it on the rocks and pour out the broth. And he did so. And then the angel of the Lord in verse 21 says that, that, that he put out the end of a staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and the fire rose out of the rock. Somebody said the fire rose out. The fire elevated out the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So we see that now he's not questioning at all who this is. So Gideon said, Alas, the, O the Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said to him, Peace be with you and do not fear. You shall not die. And so Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it is still an Ophrah of the Abizurites. Now, when you look at this guy Gideon, I, I've preached so much out of him. I've heard so many messages about him. But I want to I want to just I want to I want to take some things out of this life that's going to help you understand who you are. It doesn't matter. I know there's a guy, but I'm talking to you ladies as well. Some of you don't know your identity. You don't know of who you're from. You don't realize, sister, that you're a daughter of the king. You think you're a daughter of pain and abuse in your past you think that everything that happened to you is because of who you because of your, your punishment some of you gentlemen here this, this this afternoon you think you're always going to be who you are because you can't seem to get a breakthrough so you're going to you're going to settle for where you're at right now when god says i have more for you i have more for your life than you can imagine Here's a man who was challenged by the angel of the Lord. He knew the Lord as a little boy. The Bible says, where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about? In other words, they grew up in church. They knew about God. They knew about the promise of God. They knew the stories of the Red Sea. They knew the stories of let my people go. They knew all about it. They knew about the great deliverance from Egypt. And they knew about the wilderness experience. They knew about the promised land crossing over the Jordan. They knew about all the things they've been taught as little kids. But he comes to them. He says, where are all those stories? They seem dead to me. Where are all those miracles? Look at my condition. My condition, the condition of our people and our family, we are nothing. We're nobodies. He was the lowest place of his life. His perspective of himself was that he was the least. That his clan of all the clans was the least and that he was the least in his clan. Then the Lord, the, the Lord shows up, and he's feeling like that. Can you imagine on the daily grind, getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home? No breakthrough, no 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 sight, no vision of anything ever changing. Probably talking to his wife with negativity every day. 
His family, his kids with no hope of ever going to college. His kids never hope of ever being anything because all they see in their father is failure. All they see in their father is negativity. All they see in their father is nothing but just being down all the time. Poverty, brokenness. Man, it seems almost a sense of worthlessness. But then one day, everybody shout one day, the angel of the Lord shows up. He shows up and he says, let me, let me paraphrase it. He shows up and he says, hey you Gideon, get up over here. Get up out of that wine press. You don't belong in no wine press. I got something big for you. There's a mission for you. You've got something inside of you that I want to use. You got something inside of you. Oh, it's powerful. There's something inside of you about to ignite. Something about you is about to elevate. Something's about to explode in your life and your family's going to be blessed of it. And all of Israel's going to be blessed of it. And he's like looking at him like, well, if that's true, then why am I in the condition? Why is my car always broken down? Why is my house in the condition it is? Why do we got to move again? Why do we got this going on? And the excuses just roll out and roll out and roll out. Why? Because Gideon had forgotten who God had told him he was. As a little boy, he had promises, but he had forgotten who he was. He didn't know who he was. Some of you don't know who you are. Some of you don't know who you are. You think you are who you were 20 years ago. You think you are who you were when you messed up. But I got some news for you. I feel the angel of the Lord is in this house. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost is here to let you know you were made for more. You were made for more than who you think you are. Man, God's got a plan. He hasn't forgotten the plan. You forgot the plan. And maybe it was your circumstances. Maybe it was a situation. But I'm here to declare to you and let you know that that season is over in your life. It's a new season. God is shifting into a new, whole new season in your life. I don't think you know how important you are to God. I don't think you know how important you are to Sister Barbara and I as their pastors. I don't think you know how important you are to this church. If you're not in this church, it's not the same. I don't know how, I don't think you know how powerful you are. See, God said, this is your year to elevate elevate. That means get out from the place you're at, man. Get up out of that stuff you're in, man. You gotta, you gotta get past it already. See, you're, you, it's time for you to unleash your potential. You've got potential inside of you that if you would just let it out, oh, God would use it to bring him glory and to see transformation. Come on, somebody. Your potential is limitless. The only one holding it back is you. You're the only one holding it back. We believe in your potential. Our leadership believes in your potential. Our leaders at one time were in the same situation, and we looked them in the eyes and said, I believe in you. I believe you can direct that home. I believe you can preach the gospel. I believe you can lead that gang, youth gang. I believe you can, you can oversee those children. I believe you can do anything that God anoints you to do. And you know what? They're doing it. Why? They were in the same situation as you were. They had the same kind of crazy upbringing. Maybe no father or no mother. Maybe they were messed up on drugs or whatever it is but one day they believed one day god got a hold of their heart and listen god wants to do the same for you 
where the world told you that you'd never accomplish anything, we believe you will. Why? Because God made you for more. Somebody shout it out. Because God created you to succeed. God created you for greatness. When he created man, he didn't create man to fail. Man failed, but that's not how God created us. Hey, listen, Adam and Eve might have messed up, but that's not why God created them. He created them to succeed. We believe in you. You got to believe in each other. You got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in God for you. We believe that God has so much more for you. And you, uh, we, be, we believe that our church is better because of you. See, you can't handle that. You can't handle the truth. We believe that our church is better because you're here. There are people that work on Sundays that come on Wednesdays that can't listen to this message. I hope they'll put it in the podcast so they can listen to it because there's some great. We have a, a whole group of people on Wednesdays that can't come on Sundays because they work, man. But I want them to know that our church is not the same without them. Now, I want to give you seven things real quick that Gideon had to do to get out of this thing, man. See, some of you got to get out of this thing and get, let, it get, let it get off of you. And let it get, let God get in you. Number one is that Gideon, we see, had to believe again. Somewhere along the line, Gideon, it's not that he didn't like have, have any faith at all, because he responds to the angel of the Lord, but he had to believe again. He had to start trusting that what God said was true to him. He said, if all this is true, show me a sign, man, because I can't handle this no more. I'm messed up, man. My family's low. My, we're at the lowest place, man. We don't, we, we're, we're getting a foreclosure. And he started going all these different things going on in his life. And, and the angel of the Lord just comes and reiterates. He comes back and he just reassures. See, there was a time as a child where his faith and the faith of his father and mother was strong. That's why he says, where are all the promises? Because he knew them. When he was a little boy, his dad used to tell him, look it. Well, man, our ancestors, this is how God delivered them. And this is a God's going to. But what, what, what nobody realizes is that the reason why they were in the condition they're in, because they, they began to think they were doing everything. And so they started to make new gods, new wooden gods and new gods out of rocks and stuff. And they began to worship other gods other than the God of Israel. You know why? Because when you get successful and you got that big check coming in and you don't need money no more and you don't need people no more, it's easy to slip away from God. It's easy to slip away. I don't need the church. I don't need a pastor. I don't need nobody telling me what. I don't need no counsel. I don't need no. Listen, I know but I, what I think is that I, I could just do it on my own. And you can. But this is the condition you end up in. He had that. But something sapped the life out of their faith, out of their family. Now he finds himself, man, just tore up, just messed up. And, and, but then God shows up to rekindle what was always there on the inside. Because what it was is that it was on the inside. He couldn't feel it, couldn't see it, because it was layered with self. It was layered with false worship. It was layered. See, the reason why God allowed the Midianites to come in and, and take all their crops and, and burn them all the time is because they got out from under the spout where the blessings run out. 
they thought they were the ones blessing themselves now because of their intelligence, because of their, because who they were. And they thought we've become successful now. We don't need God as much as we used to need him when we were all messed up. But I've got some news for you here this morning. You need him more now that you're blessed than when you weren't. Because you know what? If you, if yourself and your mindset begins to say, I did this and I could do that. You got to remove the eye out of there and say, you did this, God. You're able to do this and I can't do it. He had to believe what God said about him now. See, God wants you to press and push and pursue him with all your heart through prayer. You don't need God no more. You can, how you can tell is how your prayer life is. You don't spend time with God. That tells you that you're good. I'm good. Have you ever heard anybody say, hey, man, I'm going to give you some advice. No, I'm good. He wants to birth inside of you those dreams you, must, you once had, those, that vision that you once had, uh, that prayer that you used to have, that where you used to speak, and, and, and you'd be praying there, and all of a sudden you bust out in tongues, and you begin to weep and break and just say, God, all I want is you. I don't have no agenda. I just come to you and say, I just want more of you. You know why? When you have that, he reveals the more inside of you. You see, because his dreams are your dreams, man. His vision, man, for you to, the vision for you to succeed is his vision. He created it inside of you. He placed it inside of you. He wants you to grow. He wants you to excel. He wants you to elevate. He's not about backwards. He's about forward. Come on, somebody. Second thing he had to do is he had to get rid of his old mentality, that personality mentality. That's who I am if you don't like it. Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, and why does it all happen to us? And I've already said that scripture. In verse 14, he says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel. He begins to change his perspective. He begins to change his mindset. So he said to him, oh, Lord, how can I save Israel? He goes right back to the same excuse. This is all I, who I am. I can't change. Let me tell you right now. If you don't change, you die. I've been married 43 years, and God has challenged me to change. I have to change. I'm not going to change the way I talk. I'm not going to change my, you know, my, my personality. But my character has to change. I'm speaking to myself. I don't know about you. And you might be saying, I ain't got to change nothing. She's got to change. He's got to change. It's about time he makes some changes. There's the issue right there, you Midianite. You see, he thought he was no one. He had to get he had to get convinced he was someone. Not someone like puffy headed, like pride. But he had to believe he was somebody. Wait a minute, I, I'm a nobody, but God's saying I'm a somebody. Well, I we used to sing a song in our church. I am somebody, yes I am, yes I am. I've been washed in the blood. You guys don't know that song. He thought he'd never be blessed, man. He thought he'd always be crowded by those bills. He thought he'd always be just just taken advantage of. He thought he'd always be in that low place. All of his life, 
he was last. All of his life, he believed that what everybody said about him, oh, I've been Gideon. Oh, look at him. He's, he just, look at his parents. They're all messed up. His dad should have never worshipped those false idols. Look at the way they are now. They're just a bunch of poor, broken people. They're worthless. They're nothing. And he believed them. He couldn't see past the failure and poverty that his family was in. He could hear, all he could hear is the way it would be, for him, not just for him, but now the pain of looking into his children's and his children's eyes and say, now not only will I be like this, now my children are going to be poor. Now my children are going to be all messed up. They have no hope for the future. Imagine that kind of pain. Well, guess what? I'm sure there's a few of you here that have seen that kind of pain. I remember it myself. Then one day, one day my daddy went to the victory out, victory home and got delivered of heroin. One day I bent my knee in a tiny little bathroom on a Thanksgiving morning. One day I saw before my very eyes God heal my marriage. One day all of a sudden God said, I've called you for such a time as this. And I had to learn how to believe again because I was convinced that I was headed for death. I was headed for nothing that I was worthless. So the angel of the Lord came. Declare to Gideon, this is who you are, you mighty man of valor. You're not what they say you are. You are not that person. You are a mighty man of valor. I've anointed you. I've appointed you. I've given you a ministry. I've given you a calling. I have given you everything you need. You're brave. You're not fearful. You're full of promise and not doubt. You're full of greatness and not weakness. I know you think you're the lowest, but there's greatness inside of you. It's just waiting to be birthed out. And the only way it'll be birthed out is if you believe again. You were made for more than what you see. So you've got to change your mentality. You've got to start looking inside and say, wait a minute. If God created me, if God gave me a promise, then I've got to start believing. I've got to shift my mindset to begin to think about who God says I am and not what people say I am. Because I was made for more. You were made for more. Sister, you're a woman of dignity. I know the enemy tried to strip you of your dignity, of your integrity, of everything. But I got news for the devil here. When God delivers, God sets free. He puts back greater than what was taken. You are a woman of dignity. You are not that woman you used to be no more. You're not that mama you used to be anymore. You're not that grandma you used to be. You're a new creation in Christ and you've got to start believing who God says you are. Brother, you're not that lame guy that just steals from your family no more. You're not that one that can't hold a job anymore. You're the head and not the tail. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. You're the one that God said I've got more for you. We believe that, that who, that's who you are. Huh? You were made with a purpose. And until you find that purpose, you're going to continue to go up down the roller coaster of I don't know who I am. We're singing the song, I know who I am. And you say, I don't know who I am. You were made for more. You will succeed. You will not fail. 
Go ahead and step out onto the water, brother. God's going to part the ocean for you. He's going to part the Red Sea for you. He's going to part that Jordan River for you. you got to step out. If you're going to be who God created you to be, then you need to shift in your mentality. You need to get rid of that old mentality. This is all I know, and that's if you don't like it, that's too tough. Third thing he had to do is he had to get fresh eyes. He got to get fresh ears. You know what that means when you get fresh ears? That the way you used to hear things, you don't hear them like that no more. Before, when you don't have fresh eyes, you everything that's talked about is twisted. And when it gets into your brain from your ear, it's twisted to whatever you thought was said and that it wasn't ever said at all. And I'm talking about even just regular people just saying things, but by the time it gets into your from your ear hole to your brain head, it's all of a sudden, man, it's like, oh, they don't, they don't like me. or And that's where that comes from. So why does everybody don't like me? Or they're talking about No, they're not. You're important to God and to me, but not to them, maybe. Come on. You really think the whole world revolves around that they want to talk about you every moment? No, 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 no. But the, the, the devil twists things. He twists the words. Have, has anybody ever said something about you? I didn't say that. That's because the devil twisted the words. They didn't say it either. You thought they said what you said, thought they said. The Bible says in verse 17, Then he said to him, If I have now found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. He got fresh eyes. All of a sudden, he opened his eyes. He went in for the first time in Gideon's life, for the very, very first time, Gideon saw differently. For the first time, he heard differently. Some of you need to get fresh eyes and fresh ears in this season or you're going to miss your elevation. You're going to miss your shift. You're going to miss what God is trying to do in your life and your family and your children, your grandchildren. And if you, if you miss it, they have to go through the cycle. If you miss it, then they have to go through the cycle. And then instead of us taking countries for Jesus... Instead of us taking cities for Jesus, we have to be we have to deal with character in the church. Instead of getting people healed, anointed, and sent out, he says, Have go in his mind, have I not sent you? In other words, you've been sitting here at this wine press so long, I could have sent you out to deliver the Israel from the Midianites a long time ago, but you needed fresh eyes, you needed a change of mentality, you needed to believe again. The fourth thing he does, well, he got perspective and he got vision now. He got fresh vision. Fourth thing he does is he had to move forward and not look back. Some of you just need to, you need to leave your past in the past where it belongs and you need to go move forward. Enough's enough, man. You keep on, you know, everything ties you back to who you were. Well, I can't change who I am, Pastor. You know, I got this. You know what? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You've got to make a decision. I'll tell you right now, man. You got to make a decision. You got to start looking in the mirror and say, wait a minute, I know I'm made for more. Some of you guys, instead of looking at, you started looking inside your eyes. Some of you sisters looking at the, start looking in deep. It's who I am. And that stuff, that after that stuff, then you go do that stuff. Some of us need it more. Some of you don't need it. 
the, the Gideon had to move forward, man. The Bible says now he perceived, Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. All of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, okay, I know this is, I'm the presence of the Lord. The fire of God is here. So he says, he says, he goes, oh, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Oh, and the angel of the Lord says, oh, now I got your attention. Now peace be with you. Now have peace, buddy. Enough's enough. Now have some peace. So Gideon built an altar there. He built an altar. You know what it means to build an altar? That's a sacrifice. That means that's a place right here, a place of remembrance, a, a reference place. Which you know what, I'm building an altar right here, so I'll always be able to come to this altar and always realize who I am in God. Come on, somebody. The fifth thing he did, you can come to the keyboard, is Gideon needed to seek the power of God. He realized immediately, once he was convinced that, he was, that, that this was the angel of the Lord, that he had to seek the power of God. Some of you here are satisfied with what we worship. You're satisfied when we worship together. But God is saying to you this morning that that's why I was talking earlier about worship, that you need to worship God alone too. You, need to just, get, you just need to get a hold of God and, and worship God alone. Because when your private worship creates an avenue for your public worship to become effective for everybody else, not just you. The Bible says Gideon went and prepared a, a, a goat. And, and got an offering together. Then the angel of the Lord said, take this and put this, put this in the rock. The Bible says he touched it. He showed him the power of God. The Bible says the fire came out of the rock. God, I mean, the fire, the fire wants to come out of the rocks. The Holy Ghost. He wants to fill us with the Holy Ghost. If this whole church, every one of us are filled with the Holy Ghost, we will see miracles at your jobs, Listen, I'm, we do a lot of evangelism. We do a lot of things. We're doing some evangelism. You know, we don't, we don't believe in Halloween. In fact, Halloween is one of the most wicked holidays that, the, the, that the America calls. It's wicked. So don't mistake because we're having something on the 31st that we celebrate Halloween because we do not. In fact, we, we do not condone it. We, we, we absolutely despise it. It's demonic. We give an alternative for our kids. We do evangelism so people can come here about Jesus on that day. Because they're going to go someplace. Might as well come here. And our kids will minister to them and tell them, this is not about that. This is about Jesus. And then they'll look and they'll look around and say, they'll see a wow. We do a lot of evangelism. We do a lot. But I'll tell you the greatest evangelism is. Is when, when one of you, when, when one of you, Grab a coworker and say, listen, I know what you're going through. Come to my church. Come to my church. And they come and they sit down in the church and they come to the altar call and get saved or they get a breakthrough. Maybe they were saved before and they just get a breakthrough. And then I see them Wednesday after Wednesday or Sunday after Sunday. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd rather each one of us just do personal evangelism sometimes than, than big old crusades. We have all these amazing people come to the altars and not all of them come and stay. But when you bring somebody, when you bring a family member, when you bring somebody that loves you and they say, I want to come to church where you're at. When you bring a coworker, when you bring a neighbor, and you bring them to church and they fall in love with God here, that's on your watch. And that's why we declare each one reach one during the year. If you follow us on Instagram, BOABQ or myself, you'll see on there, oh, we put each one reach one all the time. Because I feel like 
you know what? Once you get a hold of God, once you find out who you are, you ought to share that with somebody. Why would you hold on to that? Why would you hold on to that and leave that all inside here? It's, 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 it's inside of you. You were made for more than just holding on to it. You were made to let it explode out of you and let people see your light, shine your light at your job and your neighborhood and your family. And watch how God moves. It's so much more powerful. That's the power of God inside of you. See, talent can't do this thing. Your experience that you have in the things of God is not going to do it. Your education is not going to do it. I'm not against anything. I love experience. I think education is so crucial. We have a Bible school right here in our church, accredited Bible school. I think it's so crucial. I think college is important. Go to UNM, CNM. I think all those things are so crucial. But my friend, that's not enough. We know a lot of educated people that don't got a spiritual bone in their body and they don't even believe. They believe they came from a tree. I don't know about you, but I don't look like no, 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 no pinon tree. You don't look like a cottonwood. Education can't do it because who your family is. If you might have notoriety in your family, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That ain't going to do it. You need God. I need God. We need God. What's inside of us requires an explosive anointing with God. We need the power of God. That's why when we pray, when we have prayer meetings, you come and we, 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 we call out a fast or prayer, pray and fast. Because we need the power of God. Number six, real quick. Gideon had to accept the call of God in his life. And I'm not, I'm not going to labor this. But when God calls you out, don't you run from God. I know I've tried to run from God. I tried, I tried, and God had a, had a lasso me. There has to be a perception, a revelation that God has called you, of course. But the most important thing is that you've got, there's got to be obedience. Huh? Here we see the evidence of his call. He rises up. He says, okay, hold on. He says, hold on. Hold on. So you have to be willing to tear some things. Later on in the scriptures, the Bible says that, that the Lord challenged him, and he went and he literally had to tear down false idols from his father's camp. Or, or else, if he wouldn't have done that, the real breakthrough would See, if you want the real breakthrough, there's some things you need to tear down. There's some stuff, there's some spirits, there's some character flaws that you need to tear down and let it burn, baby, burn, and get rid of it. Or it's going to take you down, it's going to put you right back in the vicious cycle, and you're going to go right back to it. See, he was always called with a purpose, but all that stuff was keeping him down. Seven is the last. Is Gideon does something crazy, he gives an offering. He gives an offering to fuel the move of God in his family. That's kind of odd. You think about why, why that? Why do that? Why give an offering? He says, okay, I, I, I realize who you are. I understand what's going on here. You want to set me free. You want to deal with my past. You want to, you're telling me who I am. I might have been, okay, I might have been a valor. I accept that. I accept the call. Now, wait right here. He says, hold on right here. I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna, Dave, Dave you're, you look like you're the angel. You're the angel of the Lord. Come on. Stand up, angel of the Lord. Thanks. Thank you. 
So angel of the Lord, thank you for all you've prophesied over me. You wait right here. Right, right here. Okay, I got something for you. I'm going to give an offering. I need your money. Come on, give me your money. Let's get a big old offering. This is how much I believe that it's not good enough for me to respond with mouth. It's not good enough to re- for me to respond with, okay, I believe, but I have, to, I have to make sure that you understand, angel of the Lord, that I believe so much that I'm willing to give up everything I have and put it in your hands and say, if so be it, but let's, let's do this, I'm ready. The last thing that he had to release, he had to release what he held on. And usually it's what's most important. And usually it's our feria, our lana, our money, our clichos, hello clichos. That's usually what we hold on to. Make sure, that, make sure you get that. He goes to and he says, let me go get an offering. Why that? What a radical thing he does. He could have said, oh, you know what? Let me go talk to my dad. I'm going to tell him we're going to burn down those things. Let me go talk to my brothers and sisters. Let me go get some troops together. Let me get some disciples together. Oh, let me go tell everybody there's a, there's a new sheriff in town. Let me go tell the gods with us again. We're going to defeat them. He doesn't do that. He goes and he grabs everything he can. Though it's most precious, probably his last meal. He gets that goat. He gets that broth. He gets it all together. He prepares it. And he brings it to the angel of the Lord. And what does God do? He says, don't give it to me. Lay it on the rock. And when you lay it on that rock right there, then I'll touch that thing. God wants to touch your offering. God wants to touch your life. God wants to let you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there's more inside of you than you believe. There's more inside of you that they've told you about. Maybe your grandma. Maybe your grandma. Grandpa, maybe somebody told you one of these days, mijito, you're going to be somebody important. And then whatever happened, happened. Uh, and your life's been tore up ever since that time. But I'm here to declare to you this morning that there's more inside of you than you can imagine. Somebody better shout and say, I was made for more. Somebody shout and say, I was made for more. Stand to your feet with me this morning. He says, wait, I'll be right back. Wait right here, he says. And he goes and gets an offering. The old mentality. If he would have not got rid of the old mentality, you know what he would have said? I should give an offering. No, I can't because I'm broke. Oh, I should get an offering. No, I can't because I'm poor. I can't afford to. I don't have enough. 
can't give. See, instead of spending your life asking for God to bless you, you want to spend the rest of your life asking God to help you bless other people. And then watch what God does. See, some of your own mentality is, oh, God, bless me, God. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when I come and when I go. And I'm just so tired of being poor. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Instead of just asking God, say, Lord, help me be a blessing. I just want to be a blessing. I want to be a vessel of blessings to people. That's what God does. That's how God moves. See, what you have in your hand may look small to you. But it looks extremely large in the hands of somebody that needs it. Those little toys we're going to give out in a couple of months in December right in, the, right in the hood here. All those toys and all that hot chocolate, those socks and everything. All that we're going to give away. To us, it might seem just a little cup of hot chocolate with a few marshmallows. And it might be just a little doll with a little train maybe or a little car. So it's just a small little thing. But to them, it's everything. It's everything to them. And the, we go, we're sent in the power of the might that God has given us. And those little kids right there, when they grow up, they'll realize when I was a little kid, Victory Outreach used to come to the neighborhood. They used to come to the neighborhood and they used to give us hot chocolate. My dad was in jail. My mom was drunk. We'd go outside with our aunt or with one of the neighbors and they would bless us with socks. And they would give us things. They would just bless us. They would say, Jesus loves you. And it, and it, it rings in their ears. Or... We can say, oh, I wish somebody would come and give me something. That's the mentality of Jesus. Gideon's offering was a sacrifice for him. He didn't have much, but he gave it anyway. See, what could have hindered Gideon is the same thing could hinder you. And that is your condition, your mentality, your limitations, your faith, your lack of it. What's, what's hindering you from believing that you have more in you? I'm going to call an altar call for those of you that you understand right now there's more for you, that God has more in you. We believe in your potential. Believe that one day God's going to raise you up to do great things in your family, within your church. When the world has told you you're nothing, here at Victor Average, we want to tell you that, you know what? We believe what God says about you, not what the world says about you. Yeah, but my past, so what? Some of these ladies and gentlemen will tell you their past, you, you start crying. You say, oh, but my past, I've done this. I've, oh, you haven't heard all the testimonies yet. Or you'd say, oh, my God, I haven't done much. Hello, somebody. God made you for more. He created you to succeed. And we, nothing thrills my soul, as a, my mind, my heart as a pastor is to see you guys raise up and elevate and become all you can be. And watch after two or three or five years or ten years, watch you be who you are, the success, the leader, the way you walk around with, a, with confidence, not in your own confidence, but in the confidence of God. There's nothing that thrills my soul more than that. And if it thrills my soul, and, uh, imagine what it does for God. Imagine how God thinks about you because he's the one who made you for more. He's the one who put the purpose inside of you. He's the one that anointed you. He's the one that's blessed you. And when he sees you, come back to him. When he sees you burn those idols, when he sees you make the shift in mentality, when he sees you believe again, when he sees you accept the call, oh, how it must thrill him. God created you to succeed. 
Are you ready to believe again? Some of you need to believe again. This altar calls for some of you need to believe again. Some of the, this altar calls for you to get rid of that old mentality. It's time to get rid of it. For some of you, you need to make this altar call to get fresh eyes and fresh ears. For some of you, you need to just move forward. You've already got those things, but you're, you're stuck. You're stuck right there. You need to move forward and quit looking back. Uh, forward and quit looking back. Some of you just need to make this altar call and say, I got all that stuff, but I'm lacking the power of God. I, ha- I have it. I believe it. I, I, I believe it, but, I, but something, I'm missing something. You need the power of God. You need the Holy Ghost. Some of you, this altar call is to accept the call of God on your life. Once and for all. And lastly, some of you need to bring an offering to this altar. Let's say a financial offering. You need to bring an offering of your life and say, Lord, I've been holding back. I'm a musician. I've been holding back. I can help in the kids' church. I've been holding back. I can help my pastors. I've I, I been holding back. I could get in a life group. I don't go to life group. I, I've been holding back, man. I could do this. I, I, I need to bring that offering to the, to the altar and lay it at his feet now and say, here, everything belongs to you. I want to ask you right there where you're at to close your eyes. And I want them to sing this song. Don't don't come to the altars yet. But I want them to sing this song. And as they sing this song, I want you to think about those seven things. For for some of you, it's to believe again. For some of you, come sing it, guys. Don't stop. Don't stop. Everybody, come on. For some of you, it's to get rid of the old mentality. For some of you, it's to get fresh eyes, man. Fresh ears. For some of you, you need to move forward. Come on, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. I don't want you looking around. I don't want you looking at the sink. I want you to get a hold of God. Come on, just close your eyes and say, God, what are you looking for in me? You might be a leader and you might need to do this. You might have been the church a long time and need to do this. You might have just drove up and you need to do this. Some of you might just need to get saved. Some of you need the power of God. Some of you need to quit running for the call of God and accept it. Some of you need to be an offering to this altar. And they sing it through. Oh, come on. Who you are. He's a way maker. this altar. If God spoke to your life, I'm going to ask you, come on, man of God, woman of God, I want you to come and find your place at this altar. And I want you to pour it out. Say, dear God,